1: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
2: It's the Blood Red Podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Patrick Smith, and we're here to bring you all the latest on Liverpool FC. Now, I'm sure we all woke up this morning expecting to once again use this half an hour as a form of therapy of sorts to rant about how terrible Liverpool were once again at the weekend. But instead, we'll actually be starting off this podcast with some even bigger news, after it was announced Manchester City had been charged by the Premier League with numerous breaches of financial rules following a four-year investigation. Well, joining me to talk through all of this are three of the finest brains Echo Towers could offer. At first, as ever, we are joined by Chief LFC Writer Ian Doyle. Hello, Doyle. Hello. How, How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. We've also got Echo LFC correspondent Paul Gorst, Gorsty, I'm sure, much like Doyle, you're glad
3: to see the back of the M6 for the time being. For now, yeah. I'm sure we'll be back at Brighton for some reason in a few weeks.
2: Yeah. Another clash with Brighton or Wolves is going to happen somehow, <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, rounding off today's panel, we've got football journalist David Lynch as well. Welcome along,
1: Lynchie. And lads. Except not you, Ian.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, listeners. We'll move on to our latest Liverpool therapy session, as I mentioned. Later on in the show, there's plenty to mull over after that weekend, drubbing at Molyneux. But as mentioned... We'll start off with the Man City financial breaches. I'm just going to read out for those of you who aren't aware or haven't heard the statement from the Premier League reads. In accordance with Premier League rule W.821, the Premier League confirms that it has today referred a number of alleged breaches of the Premier League rules by Manchester City Football Club to a commission under Premier League rules for W.3.4. So basically that goes into detail explaining which rules they've broken, but effectively City have been hit with over 100 different charges over 14 seasons. Dolly, I'm going to swing to you because you can probably elaborate on that much better than I can. What do you make of it all?
0: Um, I mean, is, is anybody surprised? I'll ask, I'll ask everybody. Is anybody surprised that this has happened? Literally, are you surprised? It's a podcast, that you? are going to have to go on and say... I'll have to watch in video to see me shaking my head. <laughs> so, so that's a no from everybody. Nobody's surprised. Uh, it's been a bit of an open secret, hasn't it, around football that something, well, I think it doesn't have to even be an open secret. They've been in an investigation for four years. So, you know, so everybody knew that this, something like this could, could come and happen. I don't think anybody was quite surprised with the amount of charges that have been brought against City. Well, I think a lot of them are down to do with the individual rules into the Premier League, you know, the Premier League handbook of the, the rules that they have, Suddenly so when it comes to accounting, and I think a lot of people didn't realise there were so many sub-rules to a certain thing, so, you know, ultimately, it looks... I mean, the accusation is that City have been cooking the books somewhat to help them out with FFP, and then the latter uh, charges are that they've not assisted with the investigation from from the moment it started in terms of their accounts from then, which was December 2018. So, I'm all Liverpool fans are looking at it and getting? They're thinking, yes, well, you know, they'll get charged, and then they'll get relegated, and all the, the you know the things will be taken off the points. But you know, we talked about it just before we came here, you know, started recording this that. It's taken four years just for the investigation to say there are some charges that are worth answering. It's going take it out years and years and years and years and years before this gets sorted. I'd imagine most of the players who were involved in those title challenges that, you know, obviously a lot of the ones in 2014 have retired already. ones looking at, you know, 2019 and 2022, last year, they could have retired as well by then. So, you know, it's, it's interesting in the sense that obviously something must be slightly different at City in terms of the way that they're doing things because obviously why would the Premier League be doing this and I suspect Chelsea looking at it thinking "Mm, we might just have a a, a double check of what we've been doing over the last couple of months no suggestion of anything illegal there with Chelsea but that you know with with City in terms of affecting Liverpool you look at what can happen I think people have to forget about what happened in the past now it's what can happen now it's what can happen now and does it mean that they get um do they become a little less attractive to players if they want to join them i'm not sure you know, no one knows exactly when they're going to come up with some kind of ruling on this so i just think it'll be business as usual specific they'll still you know be creating the, the greatest revenue in the world somehow uh with the commercial department somehow with all these sponsorship deals somehow some of these companies even exist so you know but don't want to be uh, put a downer on I know a lot of Liverpool fans have got excited about this they Say, yeah we knew this was going to happen says yeah well great but what's happening now I can't see anything happening for a very long time yeah I mean that's the thing what is the extent of the punishment going to be I mean
2: we, I'm sure we've all seen so many tweets this morning suggesting you know from the not very extreme to the very extreme circumstances for City I mean Gorsty, what's your take on it or I mean there's some big punishments on offer potentially but I think Doley's right in the sense that it could be you know a decade before these are in place
3: yeah, I mean, in terms of punishments, we'd only be speculating, wouldn't we? Because um, with it being Manchester City for a start, it's not something that we've covered particularly extensively, is it? We've obviously just kind of taken it from a, from a Liverpool angle and how you know kind of affects Liverpool in terms of them being rivals on the pitch. Not so much this season, but certainly over, over the recent years. So you can only really speculate about punishments. Um, I think, you know, if you did, do uh, retrospective points deductions and turns out Liverpool have suddenly got three Premier League titles on top of the ones that they've already got you know is that something to celebrate I think probably not I think it is just make a lot of fans feel hollow and cold inside really Um, I think you know if you talk about punishments they can't really come up with a financial one for Manchester City because it's pretty much futile isn't it given the money that the City have you know, any any kind of fine wouldn't have to be paid in accordance with financial fair play or anything like that because there's nothing to do with transfers or anything, is it? So, you know, they could name the price and City would pay it in a heartbeat and move on. So it, it'd have to be sporting sanctions. Now, ultimately, that essentially, you know, would have to be points deduction. you'd imagine, for, you know, future future seasons. Um, Well, I agree with Dewey. I think it will take a while before we get to the bottom of the what any punishment might be may or may not be um so maybe it, it's a case of starting one particular premier league season 10 points you know minus 10 points or whatever certainly don't see a, a prospect where they decide to take off points for you know certain seasons that they were guilty of being improper with the finances shall, shall we say um but like the says, you know, it's been a bit of a, been an open secret. You know, me and him have both spoken to people at Liverpool who've privately, you know, kind of admitted that this has been going on and, and everyone's been fully aware of how it all operates. So I suppose it, it's a good development today. The, the Premier League are looking to, to finally crack down. I mean, they've certainly taken the time over it. No one can accuse them of jumping into anything, you know, too quickly. It's taken four years for this to come to fruition and now it's moved on to a kind of special commission, and then um, I'm sure that'll take its time as well. So um, we'll wait and see, and then we'll, we'll await the punishments or potential punishments with, uh, with great interest. But, um, yeah, it's just <clears> – <throat> um, I, I suppose the, the only thing you can say is it's kind of a, another destabilising thing for City to worry about this season is not it? I think they're suffering a few – Similar problems to Liverpool, albeit not on as great a, a, a scale. They look like they need to refresh and rebuild a little bit here and there. You know, Liverpool's you know job on that score is is massive, isn't it? But um, they're five quits behind Arsenal. Arsenal have got a game in hand and they've just lost their fourth game of the season. So there are some issues there to, to look at on the face of it. And then obviously with this chunder on the background, I think they're... Uh, plenty of uh, things to be worried about at the FCI at the moment but um, you know they've got their own house to, to deal with Amity, and there are more than a few issues there as well The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: Yeah, I mean, if only the Liverpool side of last year were playing like that this season, I mean, there'd be a shoe-in for the Tigers, I'm sure they're really frustrating. But, I mean, <laughs> Lynch, I'll get your take on all this as well. I mean, according to uh, Times journalist Martin Ziegler, um, at the Premier League rules, City can't appeal this sanction, which, you know, they obviously had the UA for investigation charges previously, which they appealed, and the appeal was successful. So we know they can't do that. Do you think anything will actually come of this, or do you think, as Gorsty mentioned, they'll get off lightly with a fine? And then also, I mean, Ghosty mentioned there, Liverpool potentially could have missed that on three titles. I mean, is there any point in having them awarded? Like, do you think it's worth bothering with that in a sense?
1: Yeah, well, I just I think the whole situation is just completely depressing for us as a starting point. But I think the the, the not uh, the inability to go to court of arbitration for sport is interesting because I think that would be one route that, that where you know City will go down that route. And I think the whole idea of in, in situations like this is you know, the way they've operated legally in the past is we've seen it's just to try and drag it out for as long as possible, fight it as much as you can in the courts and see how, uh, and then if you can push it and push it and push it and try and get off. But it, I think we, it's, you know, the, the lads have said themselves and it? it's, it's sort of been an open secret, oh, uh, you know, and it, we've got to be very careful with how we wear, wear this because at the moment, obviously it's just allegations, but I, I I hate the idea that we all have to sit here and be, be in on the facade that Manchester City should be right to the top of the Deloitte League at the moment. It, it, it's it's frankly ludicrous Real Madrid are not just Real Madrid the biggest club possibly in the world in world football but they are the Spanish and European champions and they took less revenue than Manchester City last season that is just fascinating to me and and when we we all got to accept that that's how it is and, and you know you get people pushing back on these these uh, charges that have come out today and I just think you know the fact that the court of arbitration for the sport option is not there, as good in the sense that we will get of you know hopefully, however long this Premier League here takes, we will get some sort of final final decision on it, and the decision will be made. But I, I don't expect us to have real teeth either, which is unfortunate. And I think you know, given the the sheer amount of charges there, which suggests that City probably won't be able to bat them all away, and maybe some of them will go through. But the the, the sheer amount there, obviously, and allied to the. Financials that we keep seeing year on year suggest that something's not quite right. And if if that's the case, and City get away with a slap on the wrist or a one season points deduction in this year, that for me is not really good enough. If if these charges are proven, because in any way, because I think, you know, does that does that not render the last sort of ten years of football that we've been watching, where Manchester City have been so incredibly dominant? If, if any of these charges are found found to be proven, it, it's basically. All of those seasons have been completely pointless. Everything we've written—I mean, that—that's mostly pointless anyway. But I mean, everything we've written and said, and every 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 fan experience in that time. Every—it's not just from a Liverpool's perspective in terms of title charges. I'm thinking, uh, Watford getting to the FA Cup final and being to my Manchester City, Stoke City doing the same, uh, Sunderland were beaten by the Middle League Cup final. If if any of these charges are proven and there's there's been some financial scoldery going on around those if the punishment is just a fine or a, a minor points deduction or even a one season worth of relegation, which will, okay, will impact City. But I mean, they'll be straight back up won't they? and it'll be like nothing ever happened again. If, if that's the extent of the punishment, then I just don't think that that, that would be enough to be honest. I, I, I think it's like I say, all the football we've watched over the last decade will be, will be massively tainted and, and you know, like I say, the 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 charges would have to be proven, and the Premier League would have to really back up the case. Which you think, given the amount of time they spent doing it, uh, they they will have a strong case to answer. But I, I just, yeah, I, I think if they do prove that, the really the the punishments has to go much further than that because we, we as football fans and football writers and fo- everyone attached to the sport has been robbed if 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 these things get proven. And I just don't think a little slap on the wrist would would do it really.
0: I don't, I don't yeah. think they'll all be tainted. <clears throat> Because if you're a team that's been City at that time, you can go, wow, we beat them. And if it's proven, they were cheated. So, you know, that, that makes the wins all, yeah. all, all the better. So I don't, but I know it's I don't I can't just get rid of all of it. I know it's, what you're saying, though. But, it's heartbreaking
1: yeah. for Liverpool having that one title that they won against this city. An incredible achievement, if, again, if if the allegations are proven. But the, the two that they could have won and would have been in front of fans. I mean, 13-14 in particular would would have been... You know, inc- incredible, and, and Liverpool will never get to look back on that. And you know, even if it gets awarded retrospectively, it still leave a bit of taste in the mouth. So it's, you know, you you almost hope these charges don't get proven. But then it's, you know, it's so that you can sort of just put that to your back of your mind. But then, you know, if if there is a case to answer, then you, you you do want to see a full punishment meted out because that's the only way we can sort of, you know, save football as a whole. Really, is by ensuring there are actual adequate punishments for this sort of thing.
0: So, what do you reckon they should do? Well, if they are found guilty, what's on the table? He to give- of course he said if course he said there's no fine. Basically, fines are pointless. Um, so you're looking at transfer embargoes, but how for how long? Four years, maybe. So something like that. So look, it's to not go, feasible to do that, though, is it? Because They guilty, got for two
1: years. A, a year, didn't they? But for but four years would be you just waiting. Players would be retiring, and it,
0: well, the the, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have done that with the. You know what I mean? It's like. So, they forced their academy into action, not it? They've sorry, they forced their academy into action. Well, but they've spent a fortune on the academy, haven't they? So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like they've covered all the bases, isn't it?
1: It would cause problems to the players who were contracted there, though, who want to leave and then probably aren't being allowed to leave. And it's some sort of, it's not really fair on them to trap them in that situation, is it? And the, the, the best punishments in those situations would be retrospectively handing out. Uh, met winners medals to teams who were narrowly beaten in, say, pre- the Premier League.
0: That's never <laughs> happened, though. It's never. No, no it, what? I, didn't, I, I think I genuinely think that would be pointless. I think Liverpool fans who say, "Well, we should, we should now be given the league in whatever year," and United fans because they did all three as well. I just think it's pointless. Just it's gone now. Just get on with it. It's this is protecting, should this kind of the fact that they've been been charged as Blinchy said so many times, just not going to be able to. It doesn't matter how how much they get lawyered up, but we know what how aggressive Manchester City can be with these things. Is they're not going to get, <laughs> excuse me, away with all of them. I suspect something will happen, but uh, it's protecting the future clubs and the future teams. And in some cases, probably even protecting Manchester City for themselves further down the line. So it will be interesting to see what happens. But I think anybody who's talking about Liverpool being retrospectively given Premier League titles on this, that, and the other. Forget it. Yeah, get an open-top bus for the
2: 13-14 side as one tweet I saw tested earlier. I mean, I'll keep this open with the sort of open discussion you just had there because the last point on this is about Pep Guardiola. I mean, he's now with various bookmakers, odds-on to leave City at the end of the season. Um, He's previously been quoted last year. I'll read out quickly. Um, When they're accused of something, I asked them, obviously talking about the investigations. They explained that I believed them. I said to them, if you lied to me the day after, I am not here. I'll be out and I'll not be your friend anymore because he's back in club, etc. et I just think there's any chance that Pep will make
0: it after this or at the end of the season or will the most
2: from this nonsense.
0: Well, he said it, but obviously City are denying it, so they're not going to go to him. Oh, by the way, we did do it. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, if if, if, if Pep just decides to go at the end of the season, it'll be because he just thinks, you know what? This entire thing has just become a massive hassle. I just want to crack on with his ghost, he said, rebuilding a team. Or getting it back up to where it used to be. Um, I just don't want really me deal with this. Because it's been like, you know, if he, if he walks tomorrow, I don't think City can complain too much. The amount of the amount of trophies they've won under him. So, I don't really see that being too much of an issue. Do I expect it to, to walk at the end of the season because of this? Directly, no. But, you know, I've done cover Man City. Don't know the ins and outs of what's going on. There. I don't think any, you know, none of us do. So, yeah, we're just like watching on from afar and thinking, as you said before, Pat, this is probably not the best season for Liverpool to go rubbish.
1: Yeah, I think with Guardiola as well. Though, is it, if he wasn't convinced by the weight of evidence that UEFA had against Manchester City and the fact that the only reason they got off with that was because of it was the the allegations being time barred, yeah. if that wasn't enough to make him walk. Then I can't imagine he's going to do it now.
3: Yeah, I I, I agree. I I can't see him kind of sticking to his, his way there and going. I think he'll have behind the fact that City will protest their innocence regardless of the amounts of charges thrown at them from various government bodies and I think he'll just go oh well you know we're protesting on this and so I'm staying so uh, I don't see that come to fruition um, I know the odds have kind of tumbled on in leaving but I, can't, I just can't see it happening
2: yeah I, say, I think the club guardiola the area is still going to go strong for the next couple of years but we'll leave this Man City talk there um, obviously it does affect Liverpool in some way everyone make sure you keep across the Liverpool Echo sites Keep up to date with all the articles covering that. we will bring you any news as soon as we have it.
3: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: Well, let's move on then to a bit of Wolves' reaction. Dolly, I'll swing to you. I mean, have you got a little cabin in the stadium at morning? You know you've been there so many times, but it was a pretty dreadful trip this time
0: compared to the last one, wasn't it, for you? Um well, it was fairly straightforward driving because Ghosty drove was this town, so that was good. You know, his, uh, his little debut drive there taking us down to, to Wolverhampton. I thought he did quite well, so, you know, credit to Paul. Big day. rate well, ratings like 8. eight. Sonny <laughs> yeah, did a good job. Yeah. It was literally me debut driver.
3: It wasn't just past <laughs> was in
0: the first <laughs> time you've been in the passenger season isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, now the food was good, um, so that's nice. Was there a game on? I can't just... Kind of wiped it from your mind. First 12 minutes, just awful. just don't understand what was going on. No wonder Jürgen Klopp was saying afterwards, like, we just can't do that. Well, you can't, because you did. But, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. And you do wonder, what what on earth were they thinking of before the game? It's like, right, let's go out and do this. It's like, even the kickoff, anybody who watches Liverpool regularly, and certainly anybody who follows me on Twitter will know, that Liverpool's kickoff, if they're kicking off and they've got the ball, is play the ball back to the centre-back. And then it's diagonal it diagonally to the left winger to try and compete for a header, then either get the ball back, goes out for a throw it, or the the other defence gets it and both teams reset. But it came to Massive from the kickoff and he attempted it and he he's like like a daisy cutter. It's like he just went straight into midfield. It's like from that moment on it was like, Well, this isn't going so well. So, you know, within a couple of minutes Massive had scored in the wrong net, which is you know, it was a bit unfortunate for him in that sense. But you know, if you watch the replay it's him that's let, you know, Wang go. So but then he's kind of dithered a little bit when he's trying to get back and then the second goal was just well that was just so many things wrong with it a total lack of communication and you know Craig Dawson who when he scored I realized he was actually playing for Wolves didn't realize he'd let you join them so yeah, it was a bit of a surprise for me and yeah Klopp was right he said second half even the you know the Wolves manager in particular said that Liverpool deserved probably something a bit more from the second half performance but 3-0, couldn't really complain too much about it. Coach, you know, no one was saying that Liverpool should have got any that game. And while it wasn't as bad as Brighton in terms of the overall performance, in terms of the results, the one thing about, I mean, <clears throat> I got in a bit of an argument with a couple of Wolves fans on Twitter, obviously. They never do to be face. Uh, it's basically, I said the Wolves just weren't very good. And I still don't think they are. If they were in the relegation zone before the game. There's a reason why they're there. I don't think they'll go down because the three team's worse to them, but they're not a Wolves team that's as good as last year or a couple of years before that so for Liverpool to go there and a team who in 10 Premier League games at home this season had scored only 6 and they got and they, you know they got a further 50% on top of that in, in 90 minutes against Liverpool that shows you how, how bad defensively they've become so there's no Van Dyke no Canati I know we'll we can discuss things later on in the week in terms of how, why they line up against Everton but would anybody be surprised if Nat Phillips gets a game? It'd be no one could argue with it, could they? So, you know, that's how you know things are for Liverpool at the moment. And it's, you know, it's difficult to pick out any positives. But, as I say, Ghosty did well on the drive and the field was nice. Yeah, strong rating of eight for Ghosty on the drive. That's probably
2: the only important thing to take from the day to the But, I mean, Gorsley, I'll come to you on this. Because, as Dolly says, Wolves have never, and especially this season, are not society score goals. I mean, six all season at home, scoring three. While Liverpool's overall performance was maybe better than Brighton, I mean, defensively, I think it's the worst we've seen this season by some stretch. But these dreadful starts, I mean, every game within the first half minutes, Liverpool look almost dead on to concede. Why do you think that keeps happening?
3: I don't know. And, and you know, greater football minds than mine, they keep, answer, keep getting that question put to them. And, and Jürgen Klopp says he, he can't answer it either, to be fair. Um, but Doyle's right, you know, that kind of waist-high clearance from massive three seconds into the game, kind of set the stall out. And before Wolves scored, I think they'd already had three shots. I, I can certainly think of two. So they one just wide inside the box. And um, there was one from distance, possibly Neves, that Alisson pounded away, and, the- and maybe another one. And then, you know, when it- you're there two minutes into the game and, and they put already started really poorly, Wolves on the front foot, and, and you're kind of expecting the worst. And, and so it transpired. I thought John Matz was horrendous on the day, one of the worst I've ever seen him perform I I don't like kind of digging out individuals when it's such a tenable collective effort but he really was kind of you know bottom of a really bad bunch on the day Um, just you know for the opening goal he kind of starts to run towards towards uh, Chan uh, Wang was it and then delays it and then tries to get there again and and because he hasn't covered that ground because he stopped the hits him and goes in off the back post for an own goal and you know, Craig Dawson on his debut was allowed to smash one in with about five Liverpool blows players in the box. And then, by then, you know, the, the game's already over. With Liverpool 2 down after 12 minutes and you're thinking that, you know, the there's so kind of a rest of confidence and not clicking as in the tap and fours. In the final third, you never had any confidence that Liverpool were never going to get back into it. Did okay in the second half to an extent for, for 20, 25 minutes, but were undone far too so easily again with Traeone's pace on the counter and then Neves finishing off the attack and to concede three goals for Wolves, who, As you say, they have been really shot shy all season. It um, sums up where the problems are. And let's face it, um, if you would have said a full time that one of those teams started the day in the relegation zone, you definitely wouldn't have said Wolves. Um, it was just one of those one of those days, and was they would have conceded nine in the last three away games. They desperately need Virgil Van Dijk back as soon as possible, um, and can to go with them. And then it's, it's something to build on, isn't it? Then maybe you can start looking a little bit further forward and maybe the midfield, you you get a little bit of stability in there. Jota, Diaz, maybe they're on the way back. But at the moment, you, you struggle to see how Liverpool are going to get out of this. They don't look like scoring to goal them well winning the game. And I wrote in, in the match verdict after the game that this is now the the end of that once great Liverpool team that we all saw between 2018 and 2022, um, and it's going to have to be a significant rebuild. It's going to need significant investments, and, and Klopp is the right man to do that, but um, he's going to need huge backing, you know, whenever the ownership situation looks like in the summer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, much like yourself, of course, I really hate to blame individual players, but, I mean, that Liverpool back four defended as individuals at the weekend, and individually, Bale defended terribly. I mean, there's no unity, there's no synchronisation between the back four that's so important that we've become so used to on the Liverpool side. I mean, Van Dyke's obviously going to be a huge return as he expected to return to full contact first team training this week. I mean, Lynch, what's your take on this there? Because there's been so much talk about this midfield rebuild that Liverpool need in the summer. But do you think the defence could actually be the more important rebuild on recent showing?
1: Yeah, I, I think you've got to be worried about some of those performances and the fact that there's such a huge drop off in. I mean, I mean, they haven't been very good with Van Dijk in the team this season, but there, there is a, a further drop off when you take him out of there just because there is nobody else there who seemingly wants to be the leader in the back four, and, and that causes issues in itself. I do, I do think you solve a lot of these problems if your protection in front is a lot better. And you know, I don't want to just put everything on the midfield. And there are issues across the Liverpool team as a whole. You know, still a bit goal shy themselves at the minute. Um, which is also an issue, but I, I do think if you sort the midfield out, it does bring back some balance on either side of the ball, and, and and Liverpool are really suffering in terms of that because I think you know any any back four they put out just seems to be exposed at the moment, and that that's causing real issues and making everyone look terrible really, and you just you just hope that that's something that can be sort of you can drag that back a little bit if they if they do add in midfield in the summer. But I think a centre half is is maybe something they should be looking at possibly. I thought that the, the Gomez contract over the summer was an interesting one there was, there was interest from elsewhere but Liverpool were adamant they wanted him to stay and, and tied him down whereas you wonder whether that was one they might have wanted to look at you know could would he been better served going elsewhere Joel Matip he's coming to the point in his career where maybe he's going to start showing some element of decline he's been he's been massive for Liverpool he has had his injury problems but he's been a, a big player for them down the years so you know maybe maybe that's something they look at, but, I think a lot of it's dependent on whether they get interest in who they've got from outside. You know, they'd, they'd have to move someone on, wouldn't they, to, to do anything at centre half? And you know, we yeah, aren't hearing any rumours at the moment of anyone in for for Matip or Gomez. So, you know, maybe that's one they look at, happy. Like I say, I think things would look a lot better if that back four was being protected better as a, as a starting point, and then you could maybe more fairly judge what the centre halves are doing. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens.
3: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: Doyley, we've spoken about, you know, the terrible midfield so many times. We've touched today on how bad the defence has been. But then an attack as well. I mean, it's a goal. We scored a goal against one of the sides in the bottom three at the time of the match. I mean, do you think it's the right thing playing Nunes on the left in Gakpo down the middle? I mean,
0: because Liverpool didn't really ever look like scoring, did they?
3: Well, <clears throat>
0: you played Nunes down the centre of Gakpo on the left. They get all, so that um, didn't make much difference, did it? Um, I don't know. Nunes, I think is someone they have to build the team around now. They spent 85 million pounds on him. So they probably just need to start looking at what's best to go. You know, get It was interesting, didn't it, too? They did last week where he was talking about, oh, actually, I knew the Premier League would be different, and I think it was Otter and he said to him, oh, yeah, it's quite, quite hard, and it's quite fast, you know, strong, good teams. And he was like, yeah, okay, yeah. But it was only when he actually got here that he actually realised just how difficult it was, and I think he's only started half of the game, 16 out of 32, I think it is. So... Yeah, at least somebody didn't have to they persist with the, the interesting questions on Salah. He's not, you know, why not? We, we all think he's great, but you know, even great players can have a bit of a dip. And the rest of the players around him aren't really helping him. I mean, I tell you, didn't we're helping at the weekend. The referee didn't help him either. I just thought he kept. Them, you know, it's been a long. This has been a long, you know, con- issue of contention. Certainly with Salah, is that he doesn't get enough protection from the referees, and I just thought he kept them getting pushed over. You I mean, could even like you could account like. Some people are now saying that oh, it shows that he's not trying. It's like, well, I'll tell you right now, if any of those players are not trying, they're getting sub straight away. There's no way that Klopp or any other manager would would you know would put up with that. I think sometimes players don't try a hundred percent, but sometimes if they don't try, and sometimes they try more than average because they've got great enthusiasm for what's going on. And who could blame any Liverpool player for not being particularly enthusiastic with the way things are at the moment? Certainly, that no one can. They've really. Definitely- only confidence, apart from, you know, Vazketic is probably only one of them that does, and that's because he's probably thinking, well, if you'd asked me this time last year what I'd be doing, I didn't expect to be playing a couple of games of the Premier League starting games for Liverpool, so, you know, for him it's all, you know, brave new world and all that, but, yeah, for I think Salah might benefit from being taken out of the team, if only because, I know we mentioned this last week, if only because, just give him a bit of a rest, to be honest. A rest from the crit not the crits, the scrutiny that he's under. You know, the liverpool have got enough other forwards that can play there at the moment. The you know, so Harvey Elliott, I thought he's have a bit of lucky that he didn't play at the Walls when you consider what he did last time and that you know, he, he did a job the last couple of games on the left wing where he's not really that you know, that's not his position he's accustomed to. But he scored, didn't he, against Brian last oh, week? He, so he broke seven. Left, he? Yeah. It's, it's like fine God, but why am I not playing? So yeah, I do think I wrote in my piece after the game that you're just worried a little bit that whether the players, not so much not listening to Klopp and the coaching team, but it's not probably being put across in the way that's getting the best out of all, which isn't a criticism you said very often for Klopp and whoever he's had on his coaching team, whether it's Fubac or, or, or Linders or whoever. And yeah, whatever Liverpool are doing, and they keep on, as Gorsi wrote this piece the other week, that they, you know, Klopp's always complained about I'm not any time on the training ground. Well, they're not playing any midweek games at the moment. And they've got loads of time on the training ground The some are getting worse. Game... Certain have weeks on there, haven't they? Yeah, so I'm not... I don't... It's hard to put your finger on it. It's not just one thing, it's lots of things that like we've said all the way through in this podcast for weeks. Um, but I don't think it's quite as bad as it's possibly being made out in the sense that suddenly you can get half of the players back and they will come back, these players are not going to retire just because they've got injured. Well, maybe Arthur mellon might, but you never know. But these players are going to come back. Some of them are going to play. The other, I mean, they had three players starting against Wolves who at the start of the season never played in the Premier League before. In Nunez, Gakpo, and uh, and Now that's not unusual in the sense that you'll have teams who bring in loads of players, and then they'll they'll come in from abroad. Take Man City players like that. They'll have, they'll sign players. But Liverpool historically under Klopp have made a big play of signing players who played in the Premier League, which means they can come in straight away. but the one alden Look at Manay, look at Van Dijk, Salah. He's another one. But in the last couple of years, they've not really been able to do that. So I think that's another thing that has to be taken into consideration. It's people getting used to the league as well as the the team. We know that Liverpool do things in a very specific way under Klopp. And some players have found that a little bit more difficult than others. So, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got enough goals, Enough <laughs> strong enough goals, and that's no. partly as, as later you said. The midfield seems to now they've cut, cut between two steals And it did they want to make it more solid for the defence, or do they want to improve the attack? And they can't seem to know which one to do. Against against Wolves in the FA Cup, they made clearly made the decision. We're going to stay back a bit, and they would. And they thought we can only really do that again, or we've got a little bit more confidence. We'll go for it, and but they never give, gave themselves a chance because they were two 0 down after about. After 12 minutes anyway. So we won't know how that would have panned out. So yeah. Difficult time but. As I said just then. Probably not as bad as people are making out. Although that doesn't mean it's good. Before anybody quotes me on it. It's still bad. But it's not like. Oh the world's ending kind of thing. It's just what happens. Football teams. When they're in transition. And Klopp said last May. It's going to be a transformation this season. um uh, Things need to change. You can't do it overnight. Especially when you don't have. The kind of money that some teams who may have been charged by the Premier League a hundred times today, uh, have got
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I thought
1: Lynch is going to dive in up another point. Off. But but so- Yeah, no, to be honest, I, I was just thinking about the, the problems the attack is having at the moment as well is sort of I don't want to, it's it's much worse than we think. I don't want to say that, but it's it's kind of one thing that's slightly worried about it is that Liverpool obviously did the de- de- the opportunity to to bring in um, in midfielders in the summer, but have actually signed quite a lot of attackers of late. And you think Nunez, Gakpo, Carvalho all came in in the summer, and and none of them really have had an impact. Which is something we're not used to at Liverpool at all in terms of signings have tended in recent years to hit the ground running. So this is a you know for all three of those to not really have made a massive impact so far is is a little bit concerning, I think, and it just suggests to me that. Again, if you had that solid base in midfield that was providing the platform for both the defense to look better and the attack to look better, all these problems wouldn't be coming together. Hopefully, it is as simple as that, and it is just that you know big change needed in that part of the pitch, and then everything else will start to look better going forward. But it, but it is just a bit of a worry, like I say, that those three signings haven't really hit the ground running, and that you know we'll, we'll wait for this steady sort of adaptation because that's just not really something that Liverpool signings have, in general, had to do. Yeah. I
2: mean, Ghosty just around the pod, what's your take on the situation in attack? And are you are eagerly you anticipating the return of Diogo Jota like I am? Because he's expected to be back in training this week, isn't he?
3: Yeah, it's it's vitally important, isn't it? You know, we've seen Cody Gakpo six games now and we're still struggling to really see what he's all about it, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh obviously not all down to him. He's coming to a team that's massively struggling for confidence and his injury hits in the midfield needs a kind of complete overhaul and Fendland's out of form and whatever else, but he's still waiting for, for something on you, and, and we've, we haven't really seen that in the half a dozen games that he's played this season. He must only think there's about three teams in England because he's either playing Brighton or Wolves. Um, but, yeah, Jota back in saying it will be massive. I, I asked club about Jota a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said he should be fine for the Real Madrid game, which I think is, is a massive boost. One of my concerns is... He won't be. He, he won't hit the ground running because, let's face it, he's pretty much been injured all season. As he? he's only made a handful of appearances, he came back in early September, and he got injured in mid-October. So, um, you know, we haven't seen Diogo just at his best for around about twelve months now. Um, I think his last goal was against City in the two-two draw in April. Um, so Liverpool need him to just instantly be back at those levels, and it's probably a bit much of an ask for him to be perfectly honest Um, same as Diaz he's obviously been injured since early October that game in Arsenal so when he does come back whether it's March time that's a fair old time on the shelf isn't it so I think this kind of instant fix of players coming back from injuries and Liverpool suddenly kind of shoots up the table is is a bit unfair on those coming back from injury and and a bit unrealistic to be honest uh, without sounding too downbeat I think I do genuinely, and I just think this is going to be one of those seasons where Liverpool are just going to have to toughen out, accept a few lean months, get to the summer, and then um, hopefully they can look at a long term, you know, significant restructuring of of the playing squad and, and a bit of a rebuild and, and go from there. I don't think this, you know, I don't think Liverpool are kind of done for now as, as a, as a top level team. I just think it's a really struggling season, and with the right work and the summer, they can get back to those levels. But I certainly don't think they're going to get anywhere near those levels between now and the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, the issues of coming back from long-term injuries are going to be bad enough anyway. let alone coming back into that Liverpool team. It's going to be so hard for them to hit the levels and hit the ground running, as they say. And hopefully that rebuild can happen in the summer. David Lynch there saying in our private chat, Bellingham in full capitals. Everyone's screaming it and it's the fucking season. Yeah. Thanks,
3: Anyway, <laughs> well, well done, Patrick. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> Please continue.
2: As ever though, we'll wrap the pod up there before I say anything that annoys any more of my echo journalists. So thank you very much for listening and watching along with everyone. We'll be back again with the Blood Red podcast on Friday. But until then, it's goodbye for now.
3: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.